Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And I'm the co-host, Dewey. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to today's podcast. We appreciate all the listeners. So, Molly, what are we going to talk about today? Well, one of our listeners, Ren, asked for information about how cats cohabitate. So they had been listening to our, they got a new cat, and they've been listening to our how to do the successful introduction phase, and we'd exchanged some emails back and forth, and um, they reported that, you know, the, the introduction was going great, and the cats were getting along, and they were playing, and that kind of thing, but they wanted to make sure each cat was getting what they need. So she sent a list of questions, and I've given them to you. Do you want to read them off for us? Of course I do, because uh, I mm-hmm. really appreciate all those people that send stuff into us, because it makes it so much easier for the show. And I'm sure if you have questions out there and you hear some of these questions, you're probably thinking some of the same things. So thank you very much. And yes, I would love to read them. How might having a friend, acquaintance, or even an enemy cat alter your cat's behavior? Good question. Yeah, yeah. So if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, you've probably heard me say that cats evolved as a solitary species, right? So, you know, in the wild, one cat will live in about a six city block area and live solitary by itself. And it'll mark its territory with urine and feces and the scents from their feet and, and visual claw marks and things like that. You know, dogs, on the other hand, don't live that way, and, and they didn't evolve that way. They've evolved as a as a, having a very social hierarchy. You know, we use the term alpha dog. You know, I'm the alpha dog. Well, when you have multiple dogs in a household, dogs do have pecking orders. You know, there's a alpha dog, and there's a more submissive dog, and it gets, have, you know, however many dogs you have, they have rank in that pack. You know, they're not technically pack animals, but there is a social hierarchy and a social structure. But cats don't have that. So you heard me say that a lot. And you're probably thinking she's going to say that cats shouldn't have buddies. But, you know, cats are social beings and they do enjoy relationships, you know. I don't know that they need another cat, you know, do do they need another cat? Well, I hope not because our Pico baby cat's going to be a solo cat. Thanks to you, Dewey, not letting me have that blind kitten too. (laughs) Well, you know, there are certain situations where it just doesn't make practical sense. You know, in this stage of our life, we've got a new kitten. We love this new kitten. It just seems to be the... Um, Tabasco 2.0, the cat that we lost recently and looks the same. 
mannerisms are a little bit different and you know you can just devote a lot of love to that but also you know we plan on doing some traveling sometime soon and you know getting in a motor home and traveling throughout the country having a couple of cats and having you know the litter boxes as they're supposed to be and all of the different mm -hmm. things that comes with that makes it unpractical to really try to take care of that not only that but you're going to new strange places all the time and you got to watch the cat the cat or cats from getting out of the motorhome and then disappearing we're not familiar with those new places they're not going to be familiar with the new places it's just going to be hard to keep up with so it doesn't make practical sense for something like that so that's why i oh, feel yeah. like we should stay with the one and keep our 2.0 tabasco well, and that's true, because if you have a Pico, <laughs> if you have, you know, two cats, you need three litter boxes and three litter boxes in a motorhome. I mean, you know, no way. yeah, yeah, there's, there would be no way. I mean, I know you want a big one. So uh, but I don't think they make RVs big enough for three litter boxes. And yeah, no. and all that. so I I agree. You know, I, I totally agree. But if that never manifests itself and. I could have had that blind kitten, too. I'm telling you. I wanted that little blind kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. But we found the perfect one. So let's... I know. But, you know, let's... when you... You're right. You know, when you when you decide... You got to decide what you can handle in terms of numbers of cats. And that's not just the size of your home or your RV. You know, there's a lot of other factors as well. You know, and we did a podcast on that. I, it was called, How Many Cats Should You Have?, and it introduces a lot of formulas for answering that question. And, you know, now that we have 79 episodes, finding one of them is, is not easy. So if you want a link directly to how many cats you should have and listen to all the formulas and theories out there, just email me at molly at cattalkradio.com and I'll just send you a link right to that podcast. And any other podcast, too, by the way, if you're like, well, have you ever done a podcast on this? Just email me and I'll be happy to send you a link directly to it. Yeah. And I think, you know, making a, a decision about taking care of your cats, a lot of people work on a, on a, you know, some kind of regular basis. And, you know, if you're at work all the time, having a bunch more cats in your home to come home to, that's a lot more feeding, a lot more litter box. I mean, there's a lot of things to be said for a lot of cats. So. Well, but, you know, a lot of people get second and third cats for that very reason, because they don't want their cat to be lonely while they're at work. Well, and, and you know, that's a that's valid. And, and in a lot of cases, you know, a, a buddy does help your cat while you're gone because it's it's not as stressed out. There's another being in the home, although, again... It is a cat's nature to live alone, so they are a, a solitary species, so I, I don't know how much it bugs them, you know. I guess you have to see, does your cat have separation anxiety? Does your cat have a history that is going to allow you to successfully introduce another cat? Well, I know there's a lot of formulas, as you said. We've done podcasts on that, so we'll point people back to that. And then please send us your questions if you have a question about what we're saying now. But let's go back to the questions that this <laughs> great person sent to us. And the next question is, how does having another cat alter your cat's behavior? 
Yeah, I didn't really answer that. So, um, like I said, an additional cat can be a blessing to your cat. You know, it might it it might resolve some of those separation anxiety or lonely feelings. Now, it's real important that you not misinterpret it. I get a lot of people that come into the shelter and say, you know, I I want to get another cat. I want to get a buddy for my cat. And and I say, oh, well, what is your cat doing that makes you think that it wants a buddy? Because they say, well, my cat's lonely. And I'm like, well, what's he doing? And a lot of times it's like, well, he meows a lot. Well, you know, that should be your first clue to go to the vet and make sure that there's nothing wrong. You know, he follows me around everywhere. Well, yeah, he likes you and you're probably not paying enough attention to him. You're not play, play playing twice a day, that kind of thing. So anyway, I, I'm going off into how many cats you should have. And this podcast is about, okay, we've already got two. So how do they cohabitate two or more? Um, and, and so, but yes, you know, they, it can be a blessing for a cat to have a buddy, you know, it's fun to watch them tussle. And when they cuddle up, you know, you see Facebook is just full of photos of two cats in that cuddled up yin yang position. And, and that's fun. And it does give them someone to keep them company when you're not home, but it can also be a stressor, you know, a, a new cat, um, e even after it has successfully been integrated, you know, like, let's see, say that all of a sudden a stray cat crosses the yard. Well, now the cat sees its buddy as a potential threat or a territory invader also. So, you know, how it can alter your cat's behavior depends so much upon how that relationship ends up. Okay, so the next question they're asking is, what are some of the factors that play into whether two cats will get along or not? That's a good question. It is, and there are a lot of factors that, that play into there. Some, some you can control, some you know, some you don't. And it starts with the cat's experience as a kitten. So, for instance, if the kitten is raised solo without its mom, without its siblings, let's say there's a, a kitten found and, and you're a foster and you're bottle feeding it, or you've adopted a cat from a rescue and the cat was, you know, was raised by a foster solo as the only kitten, you know, or without a mom, without siblings, a, a litter, it isn't going to have the history of being around other cats. And if it, on the other hand, if it's raised with other kittens, you know, and lots of things going on, then probably the history foundation is good. Age plays a factor. Older cats have a harder time adjusting to new things, <laughs> just, just like us. <laughs> <laughs> new cats in particular, you know, interrupt their routine. And, you know, just like people, you know, we've all probably seen your parents and your grandparents or perhaps yourselves, you know, clinging more and more to routine the older that we get. And the same thing, too, with cats. And cats are already real homebody routine addicts. So if you upset your cat's routine then, you know, that's a factor they're not going to be happy with. How you introduce the cat is probably the biggest factor. You know, they have long memories. There's been lots of scientific studies that cats retain information so much longer than dogs. And, and what happens is, you know, if they have a, a bad incident and there's all this heightened fear and aggression that they're feeling, 
and then you separate them and you try to go back to do the introduction process correctly, then every time they smell that other cat, it's going to trigger all of those emotions. It's kind of like if you've ever studied Anthony Robbins' neuro-linguistic programming, he calls it anchoring. You're anchoring emotions, highly, highly riled up emotions with the smell and the sight of that other cat. And that's really hard to go back and do over because they retain those feelings for such a long time. Your cat's personality plays a big role too. You know, sometimes shy cats actually come out with another cat around, but sometimes it, if they're shy because of stress, then it actually adds to the stress. And gregarious cats might respond well to the additional cat stimuli, or because they're gregarious, they might act defensively. It's just really hard to call. You know, it's hard to figure out ahead of time how your cat's going to react to a to a new feline resident. Wow, that's a really good answer. And um, I just uh, can't imagine, uh, you know, thinking through some of these questions that uh, she's asking, and you think about all of the interactions that cats it's it's like a new relationship how do you really go to the pet store and go oh i love that one and and we bond but then you get home and then boom the two cats don't get along i mean then the two cats are having a hard time interacting mm-hmm. and you and you're one because you you're close to both you know you have feelings for both it's like having two kids that you know can't get along so i get where she's coming from with these questions so the next question she has is so how can the cat's behavior change when you add a new cat, which is kind of what I was saying. How do you do that? <clears throat> well, if the cat's threatened by the new cat, you know, it, it, some of the behavior things that you can expect to see, it may start territorial marking. It may start spraying around the home, you know, in, in places that it's claiming as its own, which could be your stuff saying, you know, I want to bond with these people. Why Why have these people brought in this other cat? So I'm going to try to mix sense with the people. It can be spraying on things that it's claiming, like the cat trees and things like that, all around the litter box because it's marking. Um, so, you know, and that's, that's no fun. Door frames, windows, things like that. There could be intercat aggression. You know, the two cats could, could fight. You know, they could... Every time they see one another, get in a big fight, hissing fight. It can even be aggression towards you, you know, if it if it's feeling really threatened in its territory, everything is going to threaten it. But if you're, you know, if your cat's amenable to the new companion, it could actually make your cat more active and playful, you know. And, and if you have one of those cats that's just kind of annoyingly attention seeking, it might actually fill some of those needs and and you see your cat seeking out less less interaction from you. Well, you know, the next question uh, as I get a chance to read ahead of this, so it, this is a really interesting question because I think about this and think about us, playing with a new kitten now and you know how much a time it takes so her question is how should we balance play with both cats you think about yeah. that for a second <laughs> mm-hmm. this is an excellent question so yeah. and 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 this is one of those questions that you gotta let's you know go back nine thousand years to 
to when cats, you know, how they act in the wild and when we first started interacting with them, we humans first started interacting with them. And the reason we do that, by the way, is because cats still have a 96% DNA linkage to their wild cat ancestors. So if we don't understand what they needed, then we can't understand what they need in our homes today. So cats in the wild don't, you know, what, and when you're playing, by the way, playing for a cat is hunting, right? Whether you're interactive playing or they are interactive playing with themselves, you know, with a, a toy, prey. That's why, of course, we have mice and we have things that look like prey because we're trying to get that that hunting sequence fulfilled in your cat. So in the wild, hunting is not something that they do together. Um, they also don't share prey, you know, when when they catch something. They're not like lions. We all watch, you know, Nat Geo and we go, oh my gosh, look at those lions are all eating that gazelle together. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and you think mm -hmm. that's the way my cats, but, you know, cats aren't descendants of lions. That's They don't do it that way they're solitary, they get prey, they're going to, they're going to defend it vehemently. So, you know, they don't, um, you know, they, they don't do all that stuff together. So what that means is if you have multiple cats, you know, they still need two sessions of prey play per day, 10 to 15 minutes. And this falls back into what we said earlier, you know, and how many cats you should have, how much time do you have? Because, you know, you see, like you said, with Pico, you know, he can get really riled up and we put him in bed and he goes through these just little frantic zoomies and bite, 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 bite everything under the cover. And, mm -hmm. you know, having a prey play session 30 minutes before you go to bed and then feeding him right as we go to bed, all of right. that, you know, helps mm -hmm. calm that down some. Well, if we had two cats, you know, let's say you had to have, you know, 10 minute sessions even that's you know that's 40 minutes a day of prey play if you have three cats that's 60 minutes a day it's an hour out of your day for three cats and you know you need to do it in the morning and you need to do it in the evening and you know you don't do it together because you know you don't want them competing that adds to that perception of a territory invader and a, and being a threat yeah and and that's a lot to think about if you're going to try to juggle your day and and you know as busy as most people are in today's world you got to really consider those factors in place. So uh, the next question is how do I make sure neither cat gets jealous or feels left out, especially if one of them is cuddly and the other is not. Good question. Mm -hmm. That is a good question. So you know you you've and and jealous is an interesting thing. You know, we do tend to anthropomorphize cats and dogs and, and all other beings, meaning that we put human emotions on them when in fact they don't have human emotions. So whether a cat feels, truly feels jealous or not, you know, that it certainly uh, hasn't been proven. But, um, but we worry about whether cats are going to feel jealous because we put ourselves in those same situations and we say, well, we wouldn't want to feel left out. You know, if right. we're a kid and mom adopted another kid and they're getting all the attention, you know, that can cause some, some real issues. So basically you just need to meet each cat's needs where they are. You know, if you have a cuddly cat that wants a lot of attention, 
then give them as much attention as it needs and respect the boundaries of one that isn't as comfortable interacting in the same way. So if you, you know, if you have a, a cat that doesn't like to be picked up, then find ways that you can interact with them that pleases them, you know, respect their space in, in doing that. And it, you know, it, it's just like people, you know, if, if, you know, I like to have my back rubbed, but you are very sensitive and ticklish and don't like to have your back rubbed. You know, we tend to try to do to others and for others what we would like to have done. Well, you can't really do that with a cat. You you need to pay very close attention to how it's reacting to you. And, you know, if it's recoiling or avoiding you and things like that, then, you know, it doesn't want you to do that. Do the things it wants you to do and not the things it doesn't want you to do. And understand that that's different for each cat. So understand and learn each cat. Don't worry that one sitting there watching you pet all up and down that other cat's back when it doesn't like it. It, you know, it isn't, isn't going to want it. But, you know, you, if you, you know, if you have two cats that want a lot of cuddling, then you just like prey playing, you're going to need to find time to give both cats the affection that they need. And, you know, also understand that because cats, you know, don't have that social hierarchy like dogs, you know, like we talked about, um, you know, the alpha dog gets the, you know, gets the choice of the bed, you know, cats, on the other hand, so dogs work things out in a space because they have a social hierarchy. If, you know, if I'm the, the head dog, the alpha dog, then I'm going to get to be in whatever place I want to be at whatever time I want to be. And if you're second in rank, then, you know, you get second choice and third and so on. But cats don't, don't live like that. They share spaces. And there has been quite a bit of scientific research on, on this that they, if they're going to cohabitate successfully, they have to learn to share spaces successfully. So it's very important that you have enough spaces to share, which means don't put them in a position where they're, you know, fighting over one cat tree that's in the sun. Make sure you've got two cat trees in the sun. Make sure that, you know, you've got multiple scratching posts and, of course, the litter box thing. So you've got to have enough resources where they can share in a fluid way. You know, one cat might sit in the sun at one o'clock, you know, one day and the other the next day. They're not going to establish, you know, pack places and things kind of like like dogs do. So having plenty of resources is absolutely key to whether your two cats can cohabitate successfully and, and harmoniously. A good answer. Good answer. So uh, here's a couple, three questions together. What do friendships look like for cats? How do cats play together? What does that look like? So, uh, you know, like I said, as uh, far as friendships go, uh, a feline friend can provide comfort when you're not home for your cat, you know, or give them someone to hang out with while you're busy. And, you know, often cats play can look like it's fighting. I, I you know, they'll they'll stalk and chase one another around. And I get a lot of consults where people think their cats are fighting when in reality, they're just, they're just playing, you know, they're doing like kittens do. If you look at 
kittens playing with one another. They stalk and chase and pounce and, you know, meow and stuff like that and roll over and things. And, and um, you know, when cats get big, people think, oh, my God, they're fighting. And, you know, you just got to be sure that one cat doesn't end up feeling like a victim. You know, that there may be one cat that just doesn't like that. I don't I don't want to stalk and chase. And that makes me feel like, you know, like you're picking on me. So, you know, we did a podcast on aggression that actually helps to define what to look for in the differences in play aggression and fear aggression. And so, again, you know, with 79 podcasts, it's hard to find that one. So email me if you want a link to that. But if it looks like chase, ambush, tussle, you know, sometimes batting a, a toy between them, things like that, you know, that's that's good friendship for another cat. That's good play for another cat. You know, they um, they they can play and it can look like aggression, but it's not really. So the next question is, do the cat's interactive play count as prey play? No, the cat's interactive play, like if they're batting a toy between one another, you know, and, and chasing each other around and, you know, in theory, simulating that hunting sequence with each other. No, that does not replace the two times a day of prey play sessions that that we provide, because when we are prey playing with the cat, um, and there's another podcast on how to do that correctly, by the way, and why it's important. Um, we allow that cat to catch that toy, that wand toy. And when they do, they bite it. They end up delivering a kill bite. Here comes Pico, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I had him locked out of my recording room, but there's one door open and I put him out the door on the other end thinking he won't find his way back around, but here he is. So He's liable to be up here right in the middle of recording. <laughs> so when <laughs> can you imagine that times two or three? Uh, well, no, that would be fun. See, <laughs> he uh, would be uh, he'd be leading that little blind kitten around, and it would yeah, be so yeah. cute to watch. <laughs> so when when we let that cat, and you know, the most important part of prey play is letting them catch it, because when they catch it and they deliver that kill bite, it's it's releasing the serotonin in the brain. And it's and it's controlling mood and making your cat, you know, calmer and feel better. So, you know, you you certainly don't want that to one another. You know, when they're playing, they're not gonna kill bite on one another because that would be aggression and and that's different than what play looks like. So um yeah. So no, it does not replace your prey play sessions. You've still got to prey play. Okay, the next question is, how should cat care change with multiple cats? So cat care changes a lot when you add another cat, just like we said earlier. You know, if you, you're going to need one more litter box than numbers of cats, so you go from, you know, one to three overnight because um, he's playing with paper. Sorry, I know you can hear all this in the background. It's not me, it's Pico. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's going crazy. He's brought a mouse yeah, in here. So yeah. he's, he's doing his little solo prey playing by himself, <laughs> uh, which will not replace his prey play session later. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one cat, I mean, we have two litter boxes because he's a kitten. Um, if we'd adopted an adult cat, we 
might still have two litter boxes because we well we would because we have a catio, and there would be the litter box on the catio and a and a litter box in the home. But a lot of people who, you know, live in a small space and just have one cat have one litter box. And if the cat's using the litter box and everything's fine, that's fine. But as soon as you get two cats, then you're going to need three litter boxes. So that in itself is is a lot of cat care change. And then, you know, finicky eaters. It may require multiple kinds of food. You know, you, you may have one cat that likes pate smooth textures and another cat that likes shreds. And so... You know, you may have a a feeding thing on your hands where, you know, that becomes an issue. And again, you've got to to provide them what they're telling you that they need and want and like. And then, as we've said, you got to, you know, double the prey play and double the amount of interaction and, um, you know, and, and affection that you're giving each cat. So, yeah. You know. And, and to think about all of this, we've done a lot of these podcasts. And so people that are out there listening to this program now could be going back and looking at some of these podcasts also. But we do want to encourage people to write in, much like this listener did, to give us some questions. It really helps a lot. And it yeah. helps you answer questions specifically. Sometimes we might be talking about something and you have a specific question that makes a lot of sense for us to answer to you if you send it in to us. So we really appreciate yeah. these questions that were sent and, in to us today. And we're going to do one of the other things that, that Ren, this listener that sent in this topic on how, how cats cohabitate. Um, she said she thought it would be fun for us to do a hodgepodge of answering questions. So just take like a bunch of little questions. Usually I try to do those in the Dear Molly section and the blog on the on the website, but, um, she was saying, I think it'd be cool to do a podcast where there's a bunch of little questions. So, so we may do that too. So send me your questions and, uh, we may figure out a way to, to, you know, call you and get you on the air and have you tell us those questions and we can answer them, you know, on the recording for you. No kidding. That would be very nice. So anybody has, has that, please call, please email. We'll set that up. So going back to our podcast, we have lots of those topics out there in, in the podcast world that we have. So, for example, like the best litter box setup. I mean, you've kind of done gone through that. What to feed your cat, how to pray play, and much more. We got lots of that stuff out there. So check out our library of topics. This is our 79th episode. Wow, it's almost time for 80. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to choose from, a lot. And if you have any ideas, like the person that sent this in, please email it to us, because after 79 episodes, it's hard to come up with unique material each week. So please send it to us. We're encouraging everyone to do that. We'd love to hear from you, and you can send that request to, or ask those questions to, molly at cattalkradio.com send her send that to her email which is that is it molly at cattalkradio.com yeah and also you know do check out the blog on catbehaviorsolutions.org and um posts on instagram and facebook i put a lot of good tidbits out there too and you know be sure to follow cat behavior solutions on instagram like our page on facebook and share it with your friends so they can get good cat info too also all of you out there 
if you have learned something from one of these podcasts, please consider sending us a gratuity donation. That helps us. Yes, that'd be wonderful. Any amount helps us to keep this show on the air. It costs us money to produce this show, but we deliver the information for free around the globe. That's so, right. And we do that because, because Shelter, Shelter Euthanasia, Euthanasia is, is the number, number one <laughs> cause of death in cats. <laughs> We're going to we'll get, get that right, you know, in sync one day. Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Way to go. Goodbye, everyone. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 